Blog Talk Radio. My name is Raina Starr. Oh, boy, I am so tired. It has been such a long week, but I'm not too tired for a show. So, welcome to Desperate Housewitches. This is not a GPG or even an R-rated show, so if bad language, bodily functions, dirty talk of any kind might be offensive to you, you're in the wrong place. I'm sorry, (laughs) because I'm letting it all hang out tonight, like I do every night. But anyway, Desperate House Witches is brought to you by the incredible one herself, the amazing Dorothy Marson. Check out www.wickedwitchstudios.com. She still has her 2021 Home Blessing ornaments available. Get them. They're wonderful. I absolutely feel like my house is protected. I have one in almost every room. Um, But that's me. One is good. Two is better. That's just my opinion. Anyway, if you need that shipped overseas, check out theconjureshop.com. Go to the bottom of their webpage for information on how to get Dorothy's uh, home blessing ornaments shipped internationally. It is worth it. They are great. Anyway, enough of that. Tonight I have a wonderful speaker, life coach, amazing witch, Badass woman, I just got to say, I'm a huge fan. Everybody, welcome Kelly Dawn. Hey, Kelly. Hey, how's it going? Yeah, it's been a drain, but we're here and we're getting through. What's going on with you? How have you been? You know, you mentioned earlier that we haven't talked in almost a year. I'm sure, So the last time we spoke, there was no pandemic, you know, it's almost yeah, hard to believe there was a life previous. <laughs> the two weeks turned into a little bit longer. <laughs> I know, right? <laughs> so true. So what have you been doing? What has changed for you since the pandemic started? I know you were doing life coaching. You were working specifically um, with people in business. And um, I'm wondering, are you still doing that? Have you expanded on that or have you changed focus? What's been going on? So most of that has stayed pretty much the same. I work with a lot of people who are like tarot readers, psychics, and things like that, and they want to start an online business. So I do a mix of the business coaching and life coaching. And then I also work with women who really feel called to the path of witchcraft, but they're not sure where to start. And so I mentor them through that process. But the biggest thing that's changed since the last time we talked is that I decided to write a book, which I know last time I was on, you asked me if there's going to be a book coming. And I said, no way. Like I had no desire to write one whatsoever. And it was literally like like, three months, like three months after a conversation, I was like, I'm writing a book. (laughs) Uh, You know, I I didn't want to say I told you so, but I kind of (laughs) knew. 
So tell me why you wrote the book. Tell me what the book is about. How did this come to be? Okay, so it's still a work in progress, which I, I thought it was going to be done by January, but as books go, it's just not happening yet. It's about halfway through. But I have been sure. working with Lucifer 2016, and I've also been practicing demonolatry since around uh, – around that time as well, maybe a little bit earlier than that. Cool. And I've okay. shared parts of my practice online and with my community. I've never, I've never hidden it. I did, I did go through a phase where I felt a little fear around coming out and talking about my practice openly, but I moved through that fear. I've shared pictures of my altars yeah. and people know what I'm into. And then last yeah. spring, I noticed with, with everything that was happening um, with the pandemic, there were a lot of documentaries coming out talking about the, like the Illuminati and the elite. And they started talking about witchcraft and satanic cults and something just didn't sit right with me. And it reminded me of the satanic panic days from back in the eighties. And I'm fully aware that there's, there's probably a lot of shady shit going on in the world and there's people doing really horrific things. But the fact that they were bringing witchcraft into it and like putting this blanket yeah. statement across that these were all baby killing Satan worshipers. I'm just like, what the fuck? Like, this is just like the eighties all over right. again. And I know for myself right. that has nothing to do with my practice as a Luciferian. I work with Satan as well, but I mean, like I don't even eat meat. Like there's no, like, I'm like, I don't harm things. I don't do any of that shit. And, um, I realized like when that happened and like, I'm a, I'm a coach, I'm in that, that space in the online world. And I'm around a lot of other spiritual coaches who are of the, like, even if they call themselves witches, they're very new aging and to each their own. But I was noticing that there was just so much um, judgment on people who had these practices that weren't necessarily mainstream, even mainstream witchcraft. And I felt like this is fucking right. ridiculous. Like I need to tell people like what this practice is all about. And I also had a lot of mm-hmm. people in my own community asking me questions about what I do. Like what is my practice? And I do have a course where I teach on witchcraft where I share different aspects of it, but I've never come right yeah. out and like laid everything out. So the book is a combination of my own personal practice as a Luciferian witch, but it's also that mixed with personal development. So kind of like a self-help book based around how you can create the life that you want using the Luciferian principles. That's cool. Can you give like a brief over, I I don't want you to give away the book, but I mean, can you give like, because I think there's a lot of misconceptions um, and of course a lot of it's Hollywood driven. Um, Can you give just like a brief synopsis, something just like an overview so people aren't freaked out when they hear that? Yeah, for sure. So Lucifer is the bringer of light, knowledge, and wisdom. Um, We get a lot of the information about this entity. I I refer to him as a he, even though spirits, they're genderless, we're the ones who put those things on them. But we get a lot of the information from not even the Bible, but from Christian stories and and different Mm -hmm. myths. And a lot of what we hear, what we learn about, about Lucifer, about Satan, about demons, it's all coming from a very Christian perspective. When in reality, Lucifer is, he was a Roman god of light, of knowledge, of wisdom. And the way I see him, it's sort of like a a conglomerate, like a mixture of the different myths. That's how I identify as him or with him. But Mm -hmm. There's nothing evil about it. Like, there's nothing evil about it. And even when I speak of Satan, I'm not talking about some devilish creature with a pitchfork. It's more of like Mm -hmm. this, um, 
this adversarial kind of spirit that kind of questions things and goes against the grain. And we, we see this in our world today. I know like we don't need to get into politics, but we see things going on in the world today that we know aren't right. And so it's that adversarial mm-hmm. spirit saying like, no, we, we know within ourselves what's right and what's wrong. We were given that ability. And when I work with these different entities, there's nothing evil about it. It's about looking at right. A big part of it is looking at your own darkness, looking at the own things going on within you that you've kept hidden, that Mm -hmm. you've kept in the background because you don't want anyone to know about your shit, right? You don't know because we don't want to deal with that. That's part of being human. We want to glaze over things and feel as good as possible. But when we, we just do that and we bypass everything, we don't really create real change within our life because we're just kind of existing. We're just kind of going through the motions. But when we dig deep, when we uncover what we actually need to share and change in order to grow into better human beings, then we're able to create Mm -hmm. real results, whether that's in our life, in our business, whatever area. So working with these entities is about looking within, going within and looking at our own darkness without being afraid of it. And then the way I see Lucifer is he's the one who comes in and shines light on what needs to be seen, what needs to be cleared and gives us the wisdom, the knowledge to move forward on our path. That's awesome. So it's kind of like an extension, you know, this year has been, or this past year, I should say, because now it's 2021, but you know, there were a lot of books that came out about quote unquote shadow work. So what it sounds like is just another extension of shadow work where you're dealing, you know, excavating, as it were, all the crusty, nasty shit that you know you need to deal with because if you don't deal with it, it bites you in the ass in the most times. And, you know, we want to be healthy as people. We want to be healthy in our craft. And we've all got so much stuff buried that we really just kind of need to look at and kind of fix, at the very least, recognize it. So it sounds like it's just doing more of that work, that, that clearing out of the things that are binding you and holding you back. Am I kind of getting it? Yeah, absolutely. That's definitely a huge part of it. And then on top of that, it's also like owning the fuck out of things that we've been taught are not appropriate to want like money like hot sex like personal power like we're told not to be prideful we're told all of these different things and even when it's coming from people who aren't necessarily religious if you're raised in our society today especially in north america it probably has those religious undertones because we pick it up along the way Mm -hmm. we're we're bred into a system that's based around christianity for the most part yeah Well, I think a lot of the thing, you know, Christianity is so ingrained in certain things or, you know, the Judeo-Christian norm religions are like when somebody does something and you knock on wood or, yeah, I mean, it's even the simple shit like that, you know what I mean? Yeah. Like, it all creeps in and, um you know, I think there needs to kind of be a reclaim. Listen, I'm guilty of it. I was raised that way. You know, my mother was a pagan first and then became, a, you know, a Pentecostal preacher, you know, who denounced everything. And I'm like, well, you just denounced half the family, but all right, I guess that's your option, you know. But, of course, <laughs> you know, I'm still a witch. And it's it's been such a fucking thorn in her side and in my side because, 
you know, she still likes to tell me I'm going to hell, and I keep telling her my <laughs> her version of hell doesn't exist in my reality. So we're kind of at an impasse, and I guess we're not going to know who's right until the fucking end. Um, but yeah, <laughs> <laughs> so I, you know, but I've been doing I've been doing a lot of work on the things that you know have been holding me back and it's been it's for me it's been a really big year of growth and change and on multiple levels I mean levels that I didn't even see coming so I'm kind of appreciative because I feel a lot stronger and a lot better um, than I have in a really long time and uh, it's not that there aren't things that I'm still going through I think everybody continuously no matter what your life looks like you're constantly dealing with something, whether it's something from childhood or something you did last week that you know was fucked up and wrong or whatever it is. I mean, we're constantly in progress, as it were, wouldn't you say? Yeah, for sure. It's a never-ending process. Like, we're never going to get to this point where we have all of our shit healed or all of our shit figured out because it doesn't exist. (laughs) Yeah, I mean, there's so much shit. I mean, I'm almost 60, so there's a whole lot of shit. Um and as long as I've been digging, like every time you dig, you find more shit. And it's like, is this exactly. shit not over? Am I not even near? You know, I haven't even scratched the surface. It's just a lot. And I, I mean, it's. I know it's lovely that I have recognized this fact. But the problem is, what do you do to accelerate? Is there a way to accelerate that kind of, you know, getting is there a possible way to heal more than you think you can are there methodologies that you teach um is it in your books or in your book rather that's coming out like to help folks you know dig deeper maybe dig faster yeah this will definitely be in the book um the biggest thing around this i found to be helpful is detaching from the stuff, detaching from the shit. So for the most part, it's different thoughts and beliefs that we're carrying with us and that we're, it's thoughts that we're thinking over and over and over again. And as we're digging through things, as we're moving through things, it's so important to detach from them and realize that what happened to us in the past, what happens to us yesterday, it's not us. It's just different things that happen to us and we can let it go. We have permission to let go of that stuff that's no longer serving us. And I feel a lot of people don't want to do that because it's almost like it becomes part of our identity. And I see this a lot with people Mm -hmm. who've had um, illnesses, right? They have an illness and it's like they might have had cancer years ago and that was a really rough time for them and they did a lot of healing work. And I'm not taking away from any serious situations here, but they identify with that disease for so long, it becomes part of who they are, where if they just saw that as something they moved through, they overcame and let it go. They're able to move through things faster, clear things faster. And we do that with like emotional things, like relationship baggage. There's every area basically Mm. we do this with. I think Mm -hmm. it's just one of those things that's part of being human, but it all comes back to detaching from what we've been through and the thoughts we're thinking because they're not us. But don't you find that people like to hold on to their pain? And it's almost like it's it's even, I mean, not everyone, obviously. There are people who actually do want to move through it. But I find that there are a lot of folks who, you know, whatever the hurt was, real or imagined, they want to hold on to it as a justification for not moving forward. Yeah, because it's comfortable. It is so comfortable. And yeah. the way our brains work, it like, 
your brain thinks, you know what, I did what I did today and I didn't die. Therefore, I'm going to do the same thing again tomorrow. And that includes holding on to the stories, holding on to the habits, holding on to the patterns, even when we know they aren't serving us. Our brain wants to keep us safe and secure, and it does not like change. So when you make a decision to let go of something and move forward because you know your life is just going to be better without that, you can have all of your your willpower and the conscious effort there to do so. But your brain, it's like it's, it's holding you back. And the visual I get with this, it's like stepping on the gas pedal and pulling the emergency brake at the same time. Wow. Yeah. <laughs> oh, that's. That yeah, that's the definition of jerking yourself around. <laughs> yeah. So since the pandemic, what have you been doing differently to like get your you know your classes out? Are you are you doing things online? What's happening with that? So I've always been online. I, I think I've done one in person class my entire my entire career so work stuff didn't really change too much for me plus I'm kind of a hermit so I don't I don't really do too much socially anyway what I did find really interesting though um, especially during the first lockdown when things were like lockdown hardcore because we're in a second lockdown now but it's kind of like lockdown light where a lot of things are still sort of half-assed open (laughs) but the first time around I noticed that like how much time I was spending doing things like running errands now, like, I live downtown uh-huh. and I don't drive, so I'll, I'll scurry out to the, the drugstore and to the market and on little trips. Usually every day I'm out. But when I couldn't do that and I was forced to stay inside unless I had to go out for necessities, I found it to be so uncomfortable because, again, change is uncomfortable for us as human beings. And right. I would notice, like, I would be, like, feeling really antsy and stressed out and anxious. I'm like, what the fuck is going on? But it's funny how just sitting with ourselves doing something different even if that's sitting in our own homes can be so uncomfortable when we don't have those usual vices even if the vice is the habit of going out to get a coffee every day even when we don't have that in place and we're forced to do something different it was just really interesting to see what was going on there internally wow so how did you adjust i mean i'm sure because even when you know what's happening it's still jarring when you can't follow a routine, because we're creatures of habit, aren't we? Yeah, definitely, definitely. I ended up just doing so like, more. I cooked more at home, think, like little things like that. Oh, I puttered around, and I, um, yeah. I, I cleaned a lot more than I usually do because I'm like I like to be busy and doing things. I like to be moving, um, but it was just finding that that outlet for the energy that I would normally expend running errands or going for, you know, to get my nails done and those little things that we like to do, just using different outlets mm-hmm. for that energy. Yeah. I mean, honestly, when, when it shut down here the first time, it was like, okay, have to find a way to get groceries to the house because I'm immunocompromised. And I really didn't want to be part of the problem. And I also didn't want to get sick because again, immunocompromised as a lot of folks are, so, like, I have everything delivered, and if they would let me work from home, I would be home 24-7, including my laundry, everything, because Beautiful. I'm <laughs> yeah. I mean, I'm lucky, too. I mean, I'm very grateful for everything that I'm able to do, and I recognize the fact that a lot of people can't. But because I can, I'm able to take myself out of the potential mix. 
and be, mm-hmm. you know, harmful to other folks because you always have to assume that you're the one carrying the virus, you know what I mean? So it's kind of like I'm I'm lucky enough to be able to take the kind of responsibility of not showing up anywhere. The only reason I go into an office every day is because I'm an essential worker. So I kind of, you know, it, it's like, well, you have no choice. You have to be here. Okay, I'm in. I'm grateful to be working, which is how I'm able to do the other shit. But what are you seeing from your clients? I mean, I'm assuming that you've probably gotten a lot more clients since the pandemic started. Yeah, so unfortunately with everything that happened, a lot of people did lose their jobs or they were laid off for a long period of time. And people realized that the job that they thought was very secure wasn't so secure after all. And it was it was like the the nudge that, well, more like the shove that a lot of people needed <laughs> to go full time in their business. It was like now or never, it's sink or swim time. And so a lot of people I work with, they're, they're half in a day job anyway. So they, I mean, their, their business was already started anyway, as like a side gig. And so with the pandemic, that was just the shove that they needed to go full time. Yeah. So have you had a lot of people like, with great success now that they actually had no choice but to go full into the other thing they really wanted to do? Yeah, I find a lot of people are wired that way, where as long as they're comfortable, they'll see mediocre results, but when they're backed up against the wall and they don't have a choice, it's like something something ignites within and everything changes yeah. and their business takes right off. And you're able to coach them through that. That's pretty amazing. Because I would think that's a very scary time for people, isn't it? It is, but I've, I've been there myself. I like My first business wasn't this one. My first business was a housekeeping uh, company that I started back in 2013. And when I started it, I went from a full-time job to that business with $160 a month lined up in sales. And that's all I had. And I had about yeah. two grand on a credit card. So I understand the whole leaping and hoping that the net's going to appear and doing what you need to do yeah. to get things done. So I feel like I can, I can be there with them, even though that was a few years ago, I still know what, what it feels like. And then with the, the online component, cause I coach primarily people who have online businesses. I know what it's like when you're yeah. afraid to post something on social media because you don't want your friends or family to judge you for it. I've been there done that and there's a way to move through it and when you have someone by your side it just makes everything so much easier do people really do that do they do i mean do they judge folks that are just trying to do their own thing oh absolutely absolutely so i've been personally i have a very supportive family and group of friends but i have had people come into my my online space and and make comments and everything but i do know people i've had clients in the past who have very loving supportive people in their life but when they start doing the work that they feel called to do it triggers the fuck out of those people and so even though they love them to death when they see them showing up online and talking about their business and talking about things that are of the more spiritual nature because a lot of people I work with they're they're witches of some sort and so mm-hmm. they are talking about spiritual things and maybe their their friends and family have never heard them speak about those things before they might think they're uh-huh. they're talking nuts like oh you you think you can have a full-time business doing this okay that's interesting or they look at it as like a fun little hobby and so even when people want <laughs> the best for us they're still carrying their own limiting 
perceptions and beliefs about what's possible. So there's that part of it. And then there's also the triggering point where you might have someone in your life who is miserable with their job and they see you going out and doing something that you're really passionate about and making money that can ignite things uh-huh. within them. And so they might not be so supportive. They might leave nasty comments or they might just give you a hard time. And even when people mean really well, different aspects of them come out when they're, when they're triggered. You know, that's interesting because I know a lot of people who wound up being musicians. And when you're growing up, at least in my day, when you're growing up and trying to be a musician, you know, the the common thing is, well, make sure you have a job to fall back on, <laughs> which is very exactly. insulting when you're a musician because it's like, wait a minute, this is my job. This is what I do. And people just don't recognize certain things as legitimate money-earning potential jobs. And it's very disheartening when, you know, the people that you want to believe in you, I mean, your own family are like, yeah, but that's not a serious job. Well, what constitutes a serious job? You know, and, you know, like in my family, it's, well, you have to have something to go to every day and you have to have benefits. Well, I mean, if you're hardworking enough and you hustle enough and you get enough jobs, you can afford the benefits. So, I mean, how do you get people to stop sabotaging themselves through the voices they hear in their head that are usually well-meaning but very disruptive? Oh, I love this question. So the first thing I do with people is I have them get crystal clear on the vision that they want their life, including their business, to look like. And I have them get into the details of what would their absolute perfect day look like if they could do whatever the hell they wanted to do. And then allow that to grow and expand until they have something that's so clear in their mind that they're so emotionally attached to that when the self-sabotage comes up, which it does no matter what level you're at, it's something that's just, it's just part of being human. When that comes up, you have something bigger that's pulling you. Wow. So can you tell me why people feel like they don't deserve success, why they feel like they don't deserve money? why that's also stigmatized? We've been taught from a very young age that it's okay to make money if you work very, very hard and if you sacrifice. And often uh-huh. it's, it's okay to make a certain amount of money. And that depends on the area that you live. It depends on, you know, how you grew up. For some people, that's $50,000 a year. For some people, it's 100000 Whatever the number is, it doesn't matter. But we usually have a cap that we think is okay and it's appropriate. And what we don't want to do as humans is leave the group that we belong to because that feels unsafe. And so even though we know in this day and age that we're not in danger if we make more money than our parents or we're not in danger if we make more money than our friends, there's still this coding that we hold that wants to keep us on the same page as everyone around us. And so that's why it's so important to put yourself in environments that expand you and that grow you. So putting yourself around other people who are at different levels beyond where you are. So it it makes it more normal for you because when you're around other people who are making a lot more money, it's like, okay, it's safe for me to do that as well. Oh, so it's like we need permission to step out of where we've been that's exactly it. That's, and even, again, going back to the people around us who mean very well and can, who, who love us very much, 
it's like the it's like the analogy of the crab in the bucket. So if you put a bunch of crabs in a bucket and one of them tries to climb out, he's like, I'm out of here. I'm saving myself. I'm getting out of this bucket. The other ones will claw and pull him back down in. And it's the same thing with humans. If we have people around us who are growing and expanding and it's making us uncomfortable, it's our human nature. It's just wired in us to want that person to stay comfortable with us. We don't want them to leave. And so People, like, they might make little digs, they might make little comments, and they might sort of fuel the self-sabotage within us. And, again, we can love uh-huh. these people, but at the same time, it's so important to keep your, your eyes and your focus on your goals and your vision and to constantly be surrounding yourself with other people, whether that is listening to podcasts or reading books or being in Facebook groups with other people who are like-minded, putting yourself in environments that help you grow. Yeah. Yeah, that's and that's really difficult when you are surrounded somewhat like-minded people who are kind of in the same socioeconomic group as you are. I, I've seen people jealously not want someone else to advance. I, I've seen people, um, you know, give lip service to being encouraging but then be backstabbing. Um, it's really hard to find people who want to elevate everything seems like a contest so i i would imagine it makes things very difficult it can be and another example i like to use around this is if say you're starting um, a new fitness routine and you want to get in shape and you want to eat healthy but every single person in your home eats mcdonald's every day right like sure you can do it like yes you're, you're the one who's in charge of what goes in your mouth but it's so hard it's like so much harder to do that when you're surrounded by people who are just like no let's get burgers right and I have a lot of people like that in my life as a matter of fact I mean you know you have the best intentions like I go into work in the morning and I'm like okay we're only going to eat healthy food we are not going to mess around And, you know, that will be the exact moment that the boss walks in and says, I'm buying pizza for lunch for everyone. No worries. (laughs) Or something to that effect. I mean, every time I make up my mind about something having to do with diet, there is always somebody brings something, someone makes something from their kitchen for me. And, I mean, it's so sweet. And I've even said, please don't do that. Um, I appreciate it, but I'm I'm trying to behave. And unfortunately, when you tell people that, it's exactly what you said earlier. They want to sabotage you even more. It's like misery loves company. I'm not getting thin, bitch. You ain't getting thin either. You know what I mean? <laughs> I mean, it's like my fat ass needs your fat ass to stay fat with me. <laughs> Right, but it comes down to not wanting to be uncomfortable because for us to stand there and say, you know what, thank you so much, but I'm going to eat the lunch that I brought or I'm going to eat this over here, that is really, really uncomfortable to do because we have to look at the other person giving us that look like that. <laughs> I've been there. I've seen the look. Yes. I used to work in an office where um, everyone smoked, and I remember when I quit smoking, I was like this traitor because <laughs> I was not one of them yes. anymore. <laughs> but here's but you know what's funny? Because I did work, and I've been in the same company for a super long time, and we all smoked at one time. 
And in 2009, I said, you know what? The price of cigarettes is now going up to $40 a carton. I smoke a carton a week. My spouse was smoking two cartons a week. It's $120 pissed away that you get nothing good from. There's nothing. There's no end result that you can point to and say, this is what I accomplished with that money. And I said, we're not doing this shit anymore. So I started getting into vaping and, you know, finding alternate ways to satisfy that craving. And all of a sudden, everybody's like, why aren't you coming out on break? And I'm like, because I don't smoke cigarettes anymore. I vape. And they're like, what the fuck is vaping? And they tried to shove cigarettes at me. I'm like, no, no, no. You're going to come with me. So there's going to be instances where you have to actually be the one who's even pushier and, and more able to hand out guilt. Because I said, you're all trying to kill yourselves and me. I said, you're going to do what I'm doing. So I converted, except for one stubborn person, I have converted everyone who smoked cigarettes to vaping. So you can also take that, that role um, and say, no, 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 your way isn't working. It is not healthy. It is not helping. Let's all do this together as a team. You can actually bring people to your side, which is cool. Yeah, and when you stand in your power, when you decide what's right for you and you're just going to do it and fuck what anyone else thinks, people are magnetized yep. to that. And so even if we don't say a word, it's like even if you, like an example going back to like taking like healthy food to the office, you're going to get people around your desk yeah. going like, what's in your salad today? What, what did you make there? That looks really good. Never happened. Not in my house. Not, not where I work. <laughs> because I work with a bunch of men. And men are contrarians anyway in, in my line of work. And that's fine. I mean, it's a certain it's a certain type of person that I work with, and I get that. And they're gonna, you know, they razz me like I'm one of the guys, and and you know that's a situation that I deal with. And yeah, they do like to sabotage me because it's fun, you know. I'm the only girl, and that's what they like to do. But you can still work around it. You can still stand in power and fight back against it, or at least maneuver around it so that maybe you haven't hurt everyone's feelings. But folks are going to know that you're serious and mean business. And I think when it comes to doing things for yourself and advancing yourself, it's very important to take that tact when necessary, that you are, you know, you're worth fighting for in your own life. You know, do the thing that is going to advance you and make you healthier, happier, wealthier, anything you need. You know, there's a lot more, isn't there a lot more control that we have as individuals than we think? And it's really just a mental application issue. So much. It's so, so true. And we're wired to ask for permission, it seems. And, and I caught myself doing this even with my own coach not too long ago because there was something going on in my business. And I was like, yeah, I'm thinking about doing this and doing that. She's like, are you asking my permission? I'm like, oh, fuck, I am. Because we're just wired to look at ourselves and be like, oh, is it okay if I do this? And then you're like, wait a minute, this is my life, and I get to do whatever I want with it, like literally whatever I want. Nobody gets to tell me what I do. But we're taught from a very young age to look up to our teachers, and, you know, we always have to, like, follow the rules and do what we're told, and we're led through this system, whether that's a school system or a religion, where there's something above us that we're looking 
towards, like we're looking to for permission, for answers. And it's yeah. all within. We have it's it all so, within ourselves. It's so true. I mean, and, and, you know, to be honest, I was an abused spouse. Um, and there were a lot of moments, you know, in a previous marriage where I had to ask permission to go outside um, because that's just the way that marriage was. And when you get used to somebody lording power over you, whether it's physical, monetary, whatever, you have two options. You can either bend to that or you can fight back. Now, (laughs) I fought back and got my ass kicked repeatedly until I got enough nerve to say, I'm done with this. Get out, you know. And it it takes time. I mean, I'm not saying this is the same thing. I'm just saying, you know, when it comes to power and how power plays out in your life, once you've made up your mind that you are done or ready to move forward, um, you got to make that step. And there are people like you there to help, you know. And I don't think people realize that there are resources like you out there. And you may be the only one, <laughs> but I think it's important to shine a light on the, you know, the people that can actually help, you know. So, you know, do you ever get situations like that where people are just like emotionally beaten down and they want to start a business, but they're just, they're so scared and, you know, you kind of have to push them to do it? I have, yeah. And what I feel with that is it's important to go at the person's pace because we we want as coaches, like I want to help you expand. I want to push you in a way that is going to move you closer to the vision that you've committed to. But at the same time, if I push too much then and you retreat and you, you spend the next three months not wanting to do anything, that's not serving you at all. So it's really about every single unique situation, every single unique person and taking a look at where they're at and then like a push for one person might be posting on Facebook and selling their offer. Like a push for another person might be, I don't know, doing like a, not necessarily in these COVID days, but doing like a live speaking event in front of like a few hundred people. It's different for everyone, but it's really knowing, knowing your edge and also knowing that you need to move outside your comfort zone in a way that works for you. We're not all meant to be like the Tony Robbins of the world. Like that's not what we're meant to be. We're here to be our own person and do our own work, but we also need to be able to call ourselves out on our own bullshit because we all have it. And everything, everything that we, I know it's a really cheesy cliche thing, but everything we want is on the other side of our fear and on the other side of our own internal bullshit. And so it's just a process of moving through those things. And it doesn't have to be a giant leap. It's those baby steps you take every single day that make the difference. And I always love using fitness examples just because I find them really relatable, but it's like, you're not going to get in shape by going to the gym and killing yourself for five hours. If you've never worked it before, you're going to get in shape by going like three to four times a week. You do a regular routine. And over time, you're going to see results when you're consistent with that. And it's the same thing with everything. Yeah, that's so true. I mean, because I hear about folks that go to specifically to the gym and they're like, oh, my God, I'm dying. And then the next day they wake up in pain and they don't go back to the gym. And it's like, right? Yeah. Oh, okay. <laughs> uh, I hope you didn't think you were losing that 40 pounds that day because it don't work like that. But I mean, and I think people wind up, 
expect, well, I mean, it's a, it's a level of expectation that's not realistic. And I love the fact that you work with people at their own pace because, you know, what a small thing is for me may not be for somebody else. A big leap for somebody else may not be significant enough for me. Um, so the fact that you go by, you know, because it's not one size fits all. And honestly, I have never listened to Tony Robbins in my whole life because <laughs> it just smacks. It smacks of the whole evangelical thing that I'm very turned off to because I have Pentecostal parents uh, who are preachers. And I'm very, I'm very leery of snake oil salesmen and, and, things that are too good to be true because you don't sell a line of bullshit it's you explain the fact that to be done you know but if you do things at such a speed that you're not going to be comfortable you're not going to do all the work and you're not going to get the result which is why I think what you do is so amazing because you don't treat people like it's one size fits all because it isn't because that's not life yeah, everyone's unique and everyone has their own edge. It's just about learning how to walk that so you're getting what you want. Which is pretty awesome because I find the truth is we're really our own worst enemy when it comes to anything we want to achieve. And, you know, it's nice to know that if you need help to to get that started, to get your road started, to get your goal started, that you're there to you know, to coach us through that. I think that's pretty awesome. So I forgot to ask you earlier, and I apologize for this. What is the, what is the name of your upcoming book? It is The Practical Guide to Luciferian Witchcraft. Nice. You know, I've not, I don't even know if I've ever spoken to a Luciferian before. I dare say you might be my first. I am not opposed to speaking to Luciferians. I am so pleased that you came on and 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 explain some of that because I know there's a lot of misconceptions even amongst witches about you know or or other pagans in general about Luciferians and Satanism, and I I find that people have the whole Hollywood thing. Even if you're a pagan, it's like people still kind of twist it up like that in their heads because of bad training. So I really appreciate that you've made it not so you know intimidating it's it's there's really nothing wrong with this (laughs) you know I find that that still needs to be explained I think that even you know there are still some folks that are like oh you know everything's love and light which we know is not true nor should it be true because you have to have balance in the universe well that's my opinion anyway but you know and you know which is why I believe in you know Earth Mother, Sky Father, there's got to be balance, blah, 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 blah. That's just Gardnerianism, old Gardnerianism that I work through every day because everything is not like that now. And you have to, your practice kind of has to grow with the reality of what's going on around you. And, you know, personal power and the whole, you know, selling your soul, quote, unquote. I heard this shit a million times as a kid. (laughs) I want to smack everyone who fucking said it. Um, It's like, no, you can actually do things in your life and make your life better without, quote, unquote, making this kind of deal. There is no deal to be made. The only deal you make is with yourself on how far you're going to get in life. Don't you think? 
That's so true. That's so true. And I definitely had so much fear when I started working with Lucifer because even as a witch, I, I still carried that baggage. And I had been working with other demons and sort of like tiptoeing into that world because I came across certain authors. Um, I read their books. I would hear them on podcasts. I'm like, this doesn't sound so scary after all. And that was like the sort of like the gateway into that world when I heard other people talk about it in a way that I never heard about it before. It wasn't scary. It wasn't intimidating. It was just like working with different types of spirits. And then when I learned more about how things had been twisted, that's when I I realized, Mm -hmm. okay, it's safe for me to take this next step forward. But even as I was taking those steps, I had some fears and I had some reservations. So I totally get it when people come at this and they're like, what the hell? Like, what's going on over there. It's scary. It's evil, whatever been there. And I always say to people, like, if it feels, if it feels right for you, even if you're noticing some hesitation, but it feels right, then explore it. If you're noticing hesitation and it feels wrong for you, leave it alone. Like no one's pressuring anyone to dive into anything they're not ready for, but it's available for those who want to learn more. Yeah. I, you know, (laughs) that's why I love having the show because people like you come on and teach me shit. So now I want your book. So do you have a projected date on when your book is coming out? (laughs) I really want to tell you it's going to be in the spring. I do, but (laughs) I'm self publishing, so I don't have a deadline and it's sort of taken Ah. on a life of its own. So I have (laughs) like, I'll sit down and I wrote the outline and then I'm like, Oh, I want to add this in there. And then I want to add this. And then I have channeled messages from Lucifer that I've added in as well. So it's kind of, it's growing and I want it to be, I don't want it to be like a little mini book. I don't want it to be a huge, you know, novel, but I want it to be substantial enough where people can pick it up and get everything they need from it. So I'm taking my time with it. Ideally it's going to be out in the spring, but I can't make any promises. (laughs) Okay. So let me just say for folks who are listening, who might be curious, at some point in 2021, towards the latter half, maybe before the end of this year, we will have this book. So it's possible. <laughs> I don't want to put any pressure on you, however. <laughs> Kelly, write the fucking book. <laughs> I'm on it. I swear. I'm on it daily. <laughs> because now I have to give you shit because I have to rebook you and I would really like to rebook you to talk about your book. (laughs) That can be the fire that's lit under my ass. (laughs) Because I am booking you again before the end of this year, so be prepared. (laughs) I'm trying to book you towards the end of the year, but the pressure is on, woman. So tell folks about... (laughs) Because we're only down, we're down to like 14 minutes, not even. Um, tell folks where they can find you and what kind, of, what classes you're currently offering or about to offer. Tell folks what to do to get in touch with you. Okay, so my favorite place to hang out is over on Instagram. You can find me at I am Kelly Dawn. I have a free Facebook community for entrepreneurs. It's called The Witch Revolution. Um, if you're not an entrepreneur, you can also find me on Facebook. I hang out on my personal page, not necessarily my business page. And I also have mm-hmm. a podcast called Awaken Your Inner Witch, which I have new episodes rolling out there about once every week. Neat. Neat. Yeah. And then as far so, as programs, I, mean, I have... Okay. Yes. Go ahead. Oh, Sorry. I usually have a new program coming out once a month. 
Um, so this one in January is Witch Queen, and that's all about personal power and leading yourself in your business. So it's made specifically for entrepreneurs, but it's the internal work, the energetic work that's really going to help you show up fully in your business. Neat. Do you also do classes that are not business-specific? I do. I have one coming up in February called Manifest, and that is just not necessarily witchcraft, but just working with the universe in the quantum field to manifest your desires. See, I love that. I need the link to that to put on my show page because I don't think that is a, you know, manifestation is exclusive to witches or pagans. I think that's just a good tool to be able to use, period, no matter who you are. Sometimes I think people get stopped by their own witchcraft and don't look at other available tools because of it. Do you find that to ever be true? Yeah, and I've been there myself too where I find I'm really comfortable doing things a certain way and there can be a process or a technique from a different school of thought that I'm hesitant to bring in because I don't want to I don't want to muddle things up, but the more I do this work, the more I realize it's all the same shit. Like it's all like what we what I learned in church about creating the life I want years ago is still congruent yeah. with what I read about in magical texts and self-help books and books that are just strictly on the law of attraction. Like a lot of it, the majority of it really is just how you feel internally. That's what's creating everything. And yeah. these different schools of thought just approach things from different angles. Yeah, because, I mean, I hear a lot about, you know, in witchcraft, intention is everything. But I think in life, intention is everything, you know. And sometimes, you know, we need a coach to help us put that more into practice. Because it's one thing to say it and recognize that it's possible to do. It's another thing to keep that up to a point where it's successful. I think we get tired, we get lazy, things happen during the day, we forget that, you know, we have to exercise power like a muscle. Otherwise, it does go stagnant and it stops working from, my, from what I've seen. Um, so it's good to continuously exercise that intent and that belief. Um, I remember uh, hearing that you have to know it like you know your name. You know, you know like you know like you know. Um, and those are the things in my life that have actually manifested, the things that I just, I had the belief up front and strong. And if it wasn't strong in the beginning, I made it strong because I worked it constantly. And I find that the things that I work constantly, that I keep in the forefront of my mind are the things that actually manifest. Um, and it's hard. It's not an easy thing to do. I probably could use some coaching on how to do it more effectively because I do get tired and I do forget. Um, and I'm sure it's not just me. <laughs> uh, but anyway, Kelly, I am going to ask you if you have anything else you'd like to throw out there before we wrap up for the night. Sure. Um, let's see what's coming through here. I yeah. feel just reminding people that they're way more powerful than they think. Like we have so, yeah. so much power within ourselves to create what we want in our life. And it's so important not to look at our external circumstances and assume that what we're capable of 
is based on what we see around us because it's always the vision that we hold within ourselves that we're capable of bringing forth into this world. And it does not matter what your physical eyes are showing you. If you want to create something different, you can create something different in your life. Yeah. All right. I just got smacked with some reality right there. All right. (laughs) (laughs) I feel more empowered already. No, I mean, that's really cool because I think we do need to be reminded about our personal power. And I'm really looking forward to your book because I am interested in learning more about your path. And I think, you know, listen, you've been super successful. You came from, you know, somewhat difficult times the way you had, you know, when we had first talked the last time you were on. And you basically took nothing and, and turned it into a business and a way to support yourself, which I think is the ultimate goal, right? I mean, isn't that what everybody wants to do? So, I mean, there's a way to be a success, and this lady has a lot of the keys to it. So please check out Kelly Dawn because she's, she's incredible and amazing. And, Kelly, thank you so much for coming on and spending some time with me. I really appreciate thank it. Thank you so much for having me. Uh, I, and I'm looking forward to your book. Hello. <laughs> so I'm on it. I, will, I promise. You are on it. You are on it. And Kelly will be back before the end of this year with, to talk about said book. So, Kelly, thank you again. I will talk to you soon. Have a wonderful night. And, again, thank you for coming on. Thank you so much. Have a great night. You too. Bye-bye. All right, everybody. I will be back tomorrow with the amazing Talisman Govan, and we are going to talk politics. We are going to be on from noon to 1 o'clock. Please join us. We're going to have a lot to talk about because, of course, the shenanigans this week of the Capitol getting stormed, there's, you know, <laughs> I've been talking to a couple of uh, folks who have been on the show before, you know, some of the writers, and they're like, yeah, this is the beginning. This is the end of the first beginning. We're about to start something new. Um, it's, you know, the war, quote unquote, bad terminology, for lack of a better word. There's other things coming that we're going to have to be aware of. Um, and, you know, just stay on your toes. Be careful. Be careful where you go around protesters or apparently people who want to blow things up. It's not cool. Uh, but anyway, Talzin and I will be on tomorrow. Have a great night, everybody. I'll see you then.